Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, guys, to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast, Tony Evans, from sunny Canberra here in the capital of Australia. Um, this week's episode is the last of the main Maiden episodes for February. I hope you enjoyed the last ones. I really enjoyed going back and thinking about them again. Um, I listen to Maiden all the time, but it's nice to actually think about them every now and again. Um, this one's, um, again, not one I don't think people would have picked they may have gone for more of Diano era stuff or maybe peace of mind. Um, <clears throat> that will be mentioned later on. I'm going to do a little subsidiary 10-minute um, episode around those things. But this one is about the, I I personally believe, one of the greatest live albums of all time. That's Iron Man's Live After Death, recorded for their... Um, World Slavery Tour. Now, interestingly, I went onto the Rolling Stones website for the, and looked for the top 50 live albums of all time, and this one is not even in the list. Uh, it makes no sense, listeners, no sense at all. Um, now, I have had this many discussions with people about um, what if you love or don't love I, um, live albums. Um, some people hate them. Um, I think Benji's not a big fan of them. I, I really love them. I'll tell you why. Um, I'm going to go down a list in a minute of my favorite live albums of all time. And then I'm going to tell you why I love live albums. Okay. And why they're very important musically, I think. Okay. Now, so this is no particular order of my favorite live albums. But this is a, a list I, I, compi- I compiled of some of my favorite live albums. So The Who, Live at Leeds, 1970. Uh, Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous, 1978. No Sleep Till Hammersmith, 1980. Frampton Comes Alive with Peter Frampton, 1976. Deep Purple's Made in Japan, 1972. The Ramones, It's Alive, 1979. Uh, the MC's Five, Kick Out the Jams, 1969. And Johnny Cash, Live at San Quentin, 1964, I think. Check that one. Um, 
The reason, that's just a snapshot of my favorite live albums. The reason I think live albums are very important, uh, guys, is because, yes, you can hear a band uh, on a CD that you've bought and what you have more clarity of sound, less interference and all that sort of stuff. And, and I don't know, clear and more um, logic order. But I'm never going to see The Who. Those out there old enough or lucky enough to see The Who with the original lineup. I'm not talking about post Keith Moon. I'm talking Keith Moon, John Entwistle, the, you know, the, the, that, that, that era. Um, I'm not going to be lucky enough to see them. Now, my brother saw them at the Kilburn. There's an album live in Kilburn. Uh, when we used to live down the road from there, my brother saw them at that particular gig. I didn't pick that one because I don't like the actual live performances on it. Was the Who live at Leeds, 1970, is a snapshot of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rock and roll band ever to play. Um, and I say rock and roll, people, not heavy metal, rock and roll. Um, and so I get to hear the masters at their best at that, at that one moment when I couldn't be there. A, I wasn't born yet, but B. Um, also, it just wouldn't. I wasn't there. And then Thin Lizzy, of course, live and dangerous again. The original Thin Lizzy lineup. Maybe a few tweaks and changes from the original one, but the the, the base core of Thin Lizzy. You know, without Phil in it, not Thin Lizzy. Again, 1978. It's a bit overproduced. It's a live album, but it's you know a good snapshot. No Sleep to Hammersmith, 1980. Now I didn't see Motorhead at all. It's one of my deep regrets. Now I think Millsy. My good friend Millsy was at that gig, or at this tour, um, maybe even at this gig, Hammersmith only in 1980, and I, you know, envy him every day for it. Uh, Frampton Comes Alive. Now, I can see Frampton. He's got his guitar back now, the one he played that show on, and um, he's played, I think he's retired now, but you can still see recent gigs of his. Um, but Frampton Comes Alive is a magical moment, and he's in a very talented guitarist's Life and I think that's a, a great snapshot. Again, I'm going to go for this Deep Purple. I've seen Deep Purple a handful of times, but not with the original lineup. 1972 at their pomp, at their best. I wasn't even born. I was one year away from being born. Um, the Ramones. I saw the Ramones, but I think it was one. So was that a Ramon or a, a Ra or a Moan? Who knows what they were? It was only one of them at the Brixton Academy, so it wasn't really the Ramones. But Ramones in 1979, 79, two years after the, the, the major punk movement exploded, um, you know, and, and sort of towards the waning end of the first wave of punk, so 77 to 79, 80s when it sort of died. Um, so it's coming down the other end, but they, they, were, at, they were at their fiery best. And uh, I love the Ramones, and of course, energy and rock and roll and... And just fuck you attitude I love. Sorry about the swearing, guys. And of course, MC5. Again, never going to see the MC5. They are the progenitors of punk, really, along with, um, you know, know, maybe the New York Dolls and so on, you know. So, American punk, anyway. Um, And, you know, they they were being... They were being followed by the FBI. They were on the blacklist because they said, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. I mean... Yes, okay, it was rude for 1969. Um, it was probably rude for now, really, sometimes in some places. But it, it, again, energy and passion that you won't get on other um, 
you wouldn't see them unless you have done. So with Johnny Cash. Now Johnny Cash, live at San Quentin. You know, it's it's I, iconic. It's my dad had it on vinyl. My brother played it till it was smooth. You know, it's a brilliant live album. It's one of those early albums that wouldn't have been overdubbed because it was an early live album, so it was just straight from the sound recording with maybe a bit of cleaning, but not much. So you can see why I think that um, live albums are really, really important. Uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't know so much now live albums, whether they are as as important, because the modern ones, because, like I said, you can see them quite easily now, and particularly you can watch them on YouTube, and you can you can um, stream them live concerts on their websites, and you, most of the time you can see them live. Remember back then, so 72, sorry, you know, 70, 78, 76, 88, 72, 79, all these years, there was none of that. So the only way you were going to be able to hear your favourite band live, if you were in a small North London suburb like me, um, growing up was not going to go and see them it would be through a live album oh, sorry more tea and then on to live VHS and then on to DVDs and so on I think there was even if I remember rightly we had a Super 8 projector now that takes you back guys if you're not old enough to know what a Super 8 projector is ask someone your parents or older relative it was basically uh, before VHS you had film, and you you could see the cells, you could see the pictures, like a little mini camera, cinema uh, projector, and you reeled, put it real street, you know, thread it through your your um, camera, and you played it um, onto a, the wall. Now we were lucky, or sheet, we were lucky that we had a one with a sound, and I do believe. Now I could be wrong; it might just be one of those um, <laughs> one of those memories that sits in your mind that go. I'm sure I saw I was there. But I do believe I saw um, a, a Who live, either live at Leeds or live at Kilburn um, on the Super 8 projector. But it was only like two, three songs and the sound was crappy because it came out from the projector and it was flickered on the wall. But I do think I remember my brother Ronald playing that on the wall. Or it could be Andrew, one of those two. Anyway, so... Pre, you know, and then onto VHS and then onto other, you know, mediums. And um, I think, as I said, I think there's a mysticism, a mystique to live albums. Um, what we're going to talk about is the Iron Maiden one. And what's fascinating about the Iron Maiden one, which will, co will come across in the second part of the podcast, is why Maiden... Um, only do a handful of live albums. They've done, they've done quite a few, but not huge amounts. Um, they've done one probably for every tour they've done, but that makes sense. Again, you're selling your live sound, the viscera, the the tension, the dynamism, the passion of a live show to an audience that can't go. And some, and honestly, sometimes, sorry. I've bought albums, I've gone straight for the live album first, like um, Marillion, um, good example of Marillion. Sorry guys, I did something weird, I pressed the button and it went, I hope you didn't notice that pause, so where was it coming from? Okay, yeah, so Marillion. So I sort of 
got into Marillion more through the live aspect. As I mentioned a few weeks ago about buying bootleg cassettes down um, on Tottenham Court Road as a young man, a young boy, it was so that I could hear them live. I've always been more passionate about live music than recorded music um, because I think myself, my soul needs the connection with people and the physical feeling of the music around me and in me and over me and then watching these magicians make this music on stage I think that's always been more important to me I think because I am a sort of a you know a bit of a closet musician myself not a great one um, but uh, and I think that's probably why so I'd often gravitate to a live album and then end up um, buying the recorded albums now there are a lot of great metal and heavy rock live albums that I probably missed. I'm sure there's, I mean, there's a Judas, Judas Priest and Metallica and, um, you know, I'm sure that there's so many Saxon and there's so many live albums that, again, I could have on my list. The reason I didn't pick many live metal albums on my live album, uh, on the list at the beginning, was because my point being is that um, it's bands that are... Are, are no longer available. You can no longer see the, that lineup with those people. Um, I could have had Gary Moore here live in London uh, on there as well. Uh, and I probably should have done. And there we go. I'll put it on. Go more live in London. Um, so, you know, there, there's so much um, stuff on there. Uh, and I want you guys to have your own list of your favourite heavy rock and iron uh, metal live albums. Um, and if you haven't got one and you just don't like live albums, do yourself a favour. Um, I'm looking at you, Benji, uh, and and have a listen. Just try and see. Do what I do. I fan. I have a bit of a fantasy. So music can take me to different directions. I'm sure it does it with you. I get a little bit. I get into a bit of a fantasy with music. So when I'm listening to a live album, I'm automatically there. You know, I'm there. I'm. I'm in the front. I'm, I've a head banging, or I'm, you know, staring intently at the guitarist or the bass player, um, or the singer or some whatever I'm getting into that time. You know, or I'm, I've got arms around mates and we're just getting into it. You know, we're drinking beer, we're jumping up and down. We're just having a great time. And I think I, I do. I sort of sublimate myself into that fantasy when the music is playing and so it gets it gets so that's why it's important to me so I want you guys to do the same thing you know try and try and put one on and close your eyes turn the lights off whatever you need to do be there with it don't let it just bubble in the background and become noise actually be part of it the nuances of it and the the I mean like the um, as we can discuss in the second half the Maiden album now whenever I hear certain Maiden songs because of Live After Death uh, I almost you hear Bruce's little stories before now I got my copy of Life After Death from Justin at school when I was 13 he came into the classroom for my oh, my birthday was always in the school holidays and he came in after school holidays and he gave me um, Van Halen's 2120 is that it I'm sorry if I got it wrong um, uh, Life After Death double album cassette and he gave me Marillion's uh, Real to Real all on cassette and you know I went home put them straight into my Walkman and 
was just taken away into a, a new dimension of wonderfulness. Because I want to buy the cassette. I want to buy it for my birthday because it came out on my birthday. But um, Justin said, me, no, I'll get it for your birthday. And I was so excited to get in seeing him after the school holidays to see if he got me the cassette, which he had done. Thank you, Justin. Fantastic. So I'm about to finish this side now. I'm going to go and have another warm my tea, get another fresh one. You do the same. And we'll uh, meet up on the other side and have a chat about Live After Death, Iron Maiden's gold standard live album. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back, guys. Again, sorry for the glitch in a little bit back there in the last of the earlier episode. I just pressed the button to do to make the the laptop come alive, and I did something anyway. I'm not technically gifted. We all know that. So, live after death. Where are we? Released in October 1985. I was 13. Uh, it recorded at Long Beach Arena and Hammersmith Odeon. On the World Slavery Tour, sides one, three, um, 
uh, were recorded on the 14th to the 17th of March 1985 at, at, and it had at the uh, Long Beach Arena and side 4 was Hammerfist at Odeon off for the dates of 8th, 9th, 10th and 12th of October 1984. So a nice mix of dates there. Interesting, interesting that one. It's good that they didn't just choose the one. They obviously went, because they, um, they're they very, picky, very picky about their music, they would have chose a couple of dates. It's 102 minutes and 3 seconds long. And the singles coming from it were Running Free and Run to the Hills. Um, both Running Free got to 19 and Run to the Hills got to 26. The 13th of September for Running Free and uh, the uh, 2nd of December for Run to the Hills. It's an interesting album because Steve Harris and the guys refused to overdub and um, clean up and do any different to the live albums that they record. Uh, so their live albums, they've always wanted to be what you hear me us play is what you get with us live on the cassette or the record or the whatever you choose at CD. So the way they did it was that they had all the recording stuff that were out of the um, venue uh, with miles and miles of cable to a, I think it was an 8 track, it could be a 24 track um, mixing desk and they mixed it, mixed it live um, as it went, as they recorded, which is, you know, uh, for me, a phenomenal feat uh, and a very hard thing to do. And apparently the story goes that Steve, once the recording had done each night, he'd run out to the recording van and he'd be there for another three or four hours mixing. And these guys have long days. That's dedic dedication for you. It really, really is. Um, the World Slavery Tour started on the 9th of August uh, and it had 331 days, as we mentioned in the last episode. 331 day tour, a incredibly long tour. Could have chosen any ones they wanted from that for the live album, but they chose these two venues because I think the sound was the best. He said, no overdubs. The band was very anti that. That was a quote from Steve Harris in NME uh, when the album was coming out. Um, Derek Riggs did the artwork for it, uh, with Eddie coming from the grave. It's one of my favourite Eddie's coming artwork. There's a quote on the grave. It says that uh, it's a H.B. Lovecraft quote, which is misquoted. Um, okay, uh, that is not dead, which can eternal life. Yet with strange eons, even death may die. The only difference is that that he put and instead of yeah, yeah. I think maybe probably for copyright. I mean, who knows? Um, it's uh, anyone doesn't know H.P. Lovecraft. He's one of my favourite American Gothic poet, poets and authors. He wrote um, Call of Cthulhu, From Beyond. If you've seen the movie From Beyond, nothing like the book, short story, but From Beyond um, uh, and things like that. It's very. He's very into um, space and body horror. Um, very into sort of a doomy, sludgy kind of field his work and his writings. A lot of music has been written around it, as you know. Metallica did Cthulhu. Um, so if you want a, a good read and you've got a few minutes, jump into that. Who says that the podcast is only about music? Right? So, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, we get to see Edward Ed, um, Eddie's full name almost on the gravestone. This is Eddie... TH, which is obviously short for Eddie the Head, uh, which comes from the head that used to be above the drum kit in their first tours, we used to spit fake blood onto the drummer's head. 
Um, if you've ever seen any videos of the early tours, you'll see that. It's quite fun. Um, there's lots of artwork. There's lots of in-jokes, again, on this album. It's very much a Derek Riggs, Iron Maiden sort of thing. Um, the painting is based on a John... On the B-side, backside, B-side of the album, there's a, it, the picture's based on a John Martin's painting, The Destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and so, you know, again, it's teaching you while you're listening. Um, go and check that out. All right. Um, the band was... Uh, it's interesting. People think that um, Iron Maiden's reach is only within the heavy rock and heavy metal community. Florence and the Machine, interestingly enough, had the album on their wall to remind them when they were recording their album, um, their first album, uh, what was it, sorry, was it, um, I have, you know what, I have, de I think I've wrote Lungs, which I think it is, their first album, um, uh, to just inspire them how how to record because they record a lot of their stuff live in the studio like Maiden does gives them a little bit of um, uh, inspiration and if you can inspire inspire someone like Florence and the Machine who are you know gifted musician um, in their own right in their own medium uh, a completely different medium how fantastic is that you know it's like Stuart Pearce um, on a tangent Stuart Stuart Pearce the England defender that was in the 1990 World Cup and 96 Euro 96 and he also um, was a backroom coach I think he still is at West Ham uh, he would go out before he played any game he would go out listening before he would listen to the Sex Pistols every single time just to give him a pump up um, uh, what's his name Robert, uh, Robert Smith from The Cure Every time before they play live, they play Nevermind the Bollocks all the way through, and then they go and play live. So inspiration, it's, it's all about inspiration, and it's good that this album is doing that. Sorry the side note. Now let's move on to the album itself. We open it with, with church, classically the Churchill speech, you know, we shall never surrender, um, and, it, it, and, and pounding into Aces High. Then we have Two Minutes to Midnight, The Trooper, Revelations, Flight of Icarus. Then we go over to side two and we get Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Interesting, it's not the last track on the album. Um, Power Slave, Number of the Beast. Then we go to side three and we get Hallowed Be Thy Name, I Am Maiden, Run to the Hills, Running Free. Then on side four we get Rothschild, 22 Acacia Avenue, Children of the Damned, Die With Your Boots On and Phantom of the Opera. Uh, 18 tracks. It's one hour, 41 minutes. Sorry, not one hour, six. I don't know. I wrote it down one area crossed it out went back I don't know why I wrote that but it's one hour 41 minutes anyway so as I said earlier on the A side of this show um, I now can't listen to Iron Maiden songs or even seen them live without um, you know going into the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and going and this is what to do not to do with the bird shits on you or or in Revelations you know when, he, when, when Bruce goes Revelations this one and Boom, doo -doo, doo -doo. I, it, it's so ingrained in me that that's what I hear every single time. Um, as I said, it's not dubbed. It's not overdubbed. It is what you get. What you get with it. There's an. I mean, there's a moment in um, in one of the. In I think it's in Running Free. If it is Running Free, 
when they do this sort of four minute Bruce does a chat and gets the one side of the auditorium to sing then the other side of the auditorium to sing and then the band's playing the running free note they're playing that continuously note perfect for about four minutes while Bruce chats over the top of them and it to me that's a sign of a really gifted set of musicians they don't get me and, they, and you know what and they come straight into the beat back into the song as soon as Bruce Fink finishes talking now that probably was not um, practiced you know you can't practice what Bruce is going to do what he's going to say to the audience it's just not he might say to the band right now I'm going to do the whole um, yeah yeah left and right but it doesn't mean he's going to do it as long as four minutes And also, now, because of the way I've listened to this album so many times, when I've seen them live so many times, lucky me, I almost want them to be in that lineup, that particular um, track running order, you know? Uh, I mean, we know that quite historically that Steve doesn't like Revelations, but he's always in the, always in the, the, the set list. The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner... Um, you know, it's interesting, Ryman Ancient Mariner. Those that have got the DVD, the live DVD or VHS, if you're old enough like me, um, will notice that on the album, I think because they had to sell it to an audience, a more palatable audience, the whole speech about uh, Queen Victoria uh, and Bruce being Bruce, um, it, it surprises me because Bruce is an intelligent man. It might have just been left his head, but he mentions that Queen Victoria's husband is George and it's not, it's Albert. Um, but that's nitpicking. Um, he talks about Victoria taking marijuana for period pain and the fact that Coleridge wrote this on drugs and that his favourite drug is tea. So I knew I love him for a reason. Now, um, that's not on the recorded album. Well, not the copies I have. If there's any copies out there where it's on there, I'd love to know. But the one that was released has just, all he says is, this is not what to do when the bird shits on you. Um, and so uh, you get those little nuances, right? Differences. The Roman Ancient Mariner is probably the best live version I've ever heard. It's just phenomenal. Um, and of course, you know, we maiden nuts will know that Bruce tends to speed up dramatically live to a point where when he's doing Hello Be Thy Name, almost cannot understand what he's saying. Like he can't keep up. Because live Maiden are very fast. And they often play slightly different guitar pieces like all live bands do. Get in the moment. But Bruce gets faster and faster and faster. Almost a boy garbled um, sometimes when I've seen him sing Hello, I'd Be Thy Name. Uh, you know, the Trooper. Again, live. All he does on this is wave a little flag. Now he gets the whole red tunic on, the massive flag. You know, it's all very British, very proudly English. Um, uh, I just like the way they've sort of broken the albums up a bit. Um, it's the Power Slave out tour, but they've only got a few Power Slave album songs on there. They haven't let go of, you know, uh, Running Free and Rothschild, which I think is good because they need to nod bad to the original music. And, of course, Phantom of the Opera, which I, as a young man... That was my favourite guitar piece ever, ever, ever. It's changed, obviously, as I got older, but the guitar piece and the piece of music, the um, 
the arrangement of Phantom of the Opera is just, for a young band, brilliant and excellent here, of course, because here you've got now, you've got um, the, the, original, the, the, the lineup they sat with. They've, you know, you've got um, Adrian Smith now playing that part. Um, and it's just, it's just brilliant. Okay, um, one second. Sorry guys, I was just checking that I didn't get that wrong. For some reason, I had a moment where I went, hang on, was that on the first album? Of course it's not. It's not on the second album, it's not on Killers, it's on Iron Maiden, Phantom of the Opera. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is, I'm not going to review all the way these live songs go because I want you to go and listen to them and jump in and have a bit of fun and really see a band at, I think, at their peak real peak I mean you've don't we don't play 300 nights in a row around the world and not be bloody good at what you do I mean the Beatles did it didn't they at the uh, Starlight Club and they were the greatest band pop band ever ever so you know the Stones are the same you know Sabbath are the same just keep playing until you get great results and this is a good album this is honestly um, and I mentioned that list at the beginning of my favourite live albums but it is in there as well that it probably to be honest is probably right at the top and and I had to be second favourite live album be the, the Who Live at Leeds but you know that's a different podcast separate kind of chat but uh, I wanted to see this month out with just a nod the live ability of some of the greatest musicians who now are currently playing live um, just the the boyish sense of adventure that they have in their, on their faces and the glee and the, and the, uh, the on the faces of the, of the guys and girls watching it and the way that they just interact with each other and Steve's movement around the stage without missing a beat and the quietness of Dave just getting on with his work and Adrian pulling shapes, you know, and Nico, the, you know, sort of octopus with St. Vitus dance, thrashing around like a loony on the back of there. Um, it just is a thing to behold. So I hope you've enjoyed this month's look on some Iron Maiden albums. Now, it might not have been ones that you were necessarily thinking I would do. Um, there were not ones that I necessarily think I was going to do. They changed regularly. Um, I will be, as I said, I'm going to record not today, but probably tomorrow um, for the, so to release on um, the f- Wednesday afternoon or Thursday. So we've got two days in a row. My little 10-minute, um, 15-minute sort of almost rans uh, albums for Maiden. Uh, if you're not a Maiden fan and you've listened to me and thought I might give it a go, try the ones I've mentioned. Jump in, grab anything you like. Nothing will disappoint you. Even the Blaze Bailey era won't disappoint you. Uh, nothing they do really um, ever disappointed me. Apart from maybe Hooks in You. Um, not sure why they wrote that song. Anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't. I won't go there. Um, it sort of. It was one of the reasons why uh, Adrian left the band. Um, I think I mentioned that a week or so ago, maybe. Anyway, that was a sad moment. Uh, it wasn't even a strong enough song to what would you rather have? That song, which is radio-friendly rubbish, to be fair, or um, one of the greatest guitarists of the modern era? Uh, take the guitarist. But hey, 
you know, you've been together a long time, you make decisions differently, don't you? That's a different story, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. Look, please, uh, if you're on Spotify, go to the top, click the stars, give me a star review. It takes seconds. The more I get, the more exposure I get. Um, if you'd like to pop over to buy me a coffee and for $5, you can um, donate to the show and gives me more op- I'm, I'm I'm actually doing out the recording room, new table and equipment and things like that, so extra money would help. Um, I do it for the love, not for the money, uh, but everything does cost these days. So if you could help it, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, you know, we'll see you next week. Uh, I'll see you in a little while with my little 10-minute roundup. But otherwise, I'll see you next week for another exciting episode of Head Metal Tones with me, Tony Evans, um, signing off. So keep safe um, and uh, keep rocking. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.